0: This is Optimal Relationships Daily, Episode 775, Digital Minimalism for Parents, by Cal Newport of calnewport.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our final post of the week here on Optimal Relationships Daily. I am your host, Greg Audino, and we are going to wrap up this week on a very strong note here. We've got an awesome post lined up for you parents out there, though you don't need to be a parent to get a lot out of this one. Uh, Cal is going to break down for us how we can set the right example for our kids when it comes to technology, which many of us are, I think, ready to take a break from regardless of whether or not we have children. It's a typically insightful post from Cal, so let's get right into it and start optimizing your life. Digital Minimalism for Parents by Cal Newport of calnewport.com One of the more interesting things about being on the road promoting digital minimalism is encountering readers and learning how they're making use of these ideas. One such group that's particularly interesting to me is digital minimalist parents. I'm a parent, but the oldest of my three boys is only six, so I haven't yet directly grappled with the serious issues surrounding kids in an age of smartphones, making me eager to hear from those who are waging this battle now. As I've talked with more of these parents, a consistent reality has emerged. Smartphones and social media are a major problem for adolescents. To ignore it with a kids these days shoulder shrug is becoming increasingly unacceptable. Any successful attempt to instill in your kids a healthier relationship with technology has to start with modeling this relationship in your own life. This latter point is one that we parents sometimes don't want to hear But it keeps coming up in my conversations. If you carry your phone with you at all times, checking it constantly, it's difficult to convince your kids not to do the same, no matter how many rules you set or warnings you deliver. In my book, I give some case studies of this parental modeling pushed to an extreme. A father named Adam, for example, used his smartphone constantly at home, largely for professional reasons. His business relies on SMS for a lot of internal communication. He began to worry, however, about the example this set for his daughter as she approached adolescence, so he made a radical decision. He got rid of his smartphone. A mom named Laura made a similar decision. She has refused to ever buy a smartphone because quality social interaction with her kid, as well as her family and close friends, are a top priority, and she worried that the addictive allure of an iPhone screen would distance her from the moments that mattered most. As you might expect, these decisions were inconvenient. Adam complained to me at the time about the difficulty of trying to tap out a text message on a nine-digit flip phone keypad. Laura talked about printing out maps before going somewhere new as she doesn't have an app to navigate her. But I was also struck by how little Adam and Laura cared about these inconveniences. This makes sense in this context, as basically everything parents do on behalf of their kids is inconvenient. I think if you look up inconvenient in the dictionary, there's a picture of a sleep-deprived parent making a school lunch. What animated them more was the idea that they were doing something intentional to make their kids' lives better. Most digital minimalist parents I've talked with recently haven't gone so far as to give up their smartphones, but they share the same serious intent in reshaping their digital lives, even if it's a pain, to provide a better model for their kids. One interesting strategy I encountered, for example, is the so-called foyer phone method. In the evening, after work, you leave your phone in the foyer by the front door with your keys and wallet. If you need to look something up, you go to the foyer to use the phone. If you're expecting a call or text message that you need to answer, you put on the ringer, and if it rings, you go to the foyer. If you're bored during a commercial while watching TV, then you're just bored. It seems like a simple hack but the result is that your interactions with your family become screen-free by default. You also avoid the micro-glances at your device as you go about your household business, glances you think are surreptitious, but that your kids are almost certainly taking note of and internalizing as a model of the phone's importance. With this method, the smartphone becomes a tool that you deploy for specific uses, not a constant companion. Another minimalist parenting strategy that caught my attention is making a strong commitment to analog social media. That is, real-world social activities, like having friends over on a regular basis, visiting with neighbors, hosting community or religious groups at your house. This demonstrates to kids, through example, the deep value of real-world relationships, an important message for a generation that has attempted to relocate their entire social existence into the low-friction world of Snapchat likes and text messages. A few weeks ago, Adam came to one of my book launch events in New York. He brought his daughter. The pride on his face underscored an important point. For most people, the embrace of digital minimalism is about improving the quality of your own life. But for parents, as I've been learning, it can be about something much deeper. You just listened to the post titled, Digital Minimalism for Parents, by Cal Newport of calnewport.com. At the core of Cal's post for today is the fact that establishing good communication with your kids, your family, or whomever is an essential part of any relationship. Likewise, establishing a healthy communication with yourself is essential for your mental health. And when you feel like you've maybe hit a roadblock, do know that BetterHelp is here for you. BetterHelp will get your needs assessed and match you with a personal licensed professional therapist providing a private environment for you to communicate with them within 24 hours. Not to mention that the financial aid they offer makes it way more affordable than traditional offline counseling. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. BetterHelp is not self-help. It is professional counseling where everything you share is confidential. Everybody, I want you to start living a happier life today. And as a listener, You'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com/ord. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.help.com/ord. And a huge thanks to Cal for a really insightful post today. Two things we talk about a lot on this show that are highly important and come in many forms: minimalism and setting an example for children or others. This post blended the two really nicely, especially within the context of technology, which has become such an aggressive presence in our lives, let alone the lives of children, as Cal alluded to. I thought there were some great clear-cut strategies here, and those strategies go a very long way. You know, it's far easier to make progress when we are very certain of what tangible steps we can take to do something, um, as opposed to just thinking about it or trying to will ourselves to do it. When we reframe these feelings into concise steps and reflect on what we have to gain from them, such as making more time for our children and our peers, the struggle is much easier to deal with, if not gone completely. So, thank you so much for tuning in this week, everybody. We are all done, and I am really grateful to have had you all listen these past five days. I hope you all go out there and have a great weekend and know that I'll be with you with more wonderful posts on the other side of it, where your optimal life awaits.